Support for MPB comes from the Mississippi Museum of Art in Jackson. What Became of Dr. Smith by artist Noah Satterstrom is on view now through September 22, 2024. Learn more at msmuseumart.org. Hi, everybody. I'm Katherine Pierce, and I'm the Poet Laureate for the State of Mississippi. Welcome to the Mississippi Poetry Podcast, a podcast where poetry comes alive for listeners. Across the country and the world, poets are writing right now and creating vibrant, important poems that enlighten, entertain, challenge, and comfort. Some of these incredible poets have roots right here in Mississippi. Each episode of the Mississippi Poetry Podcast will feature a different poet with Mississippi connections. We'll hear a poem, learn about how it was written, and chat a bit about poetry and beyond. I'm so glad to have Rochelle Smith Spears talking with me on the podcast today. Rochelle Smith Spears is a professor of English at Jackson State University, where she teaches literature and creative writing. She's published both poetry and fiction in numerous journals and anthologies, including Jelly Bucket, Black Magnolia's Literary Journal, Sycorax's Daughters, and Mississippi Noir. She has recently discovered that the second best thing to talking about books is talking about television, and to that end has focused her research on popular culture studies with an emphasis on television. She is also interested in vampire literature and the figure of the black vampire. Rochelle, thank you so much for joining me today to talk about poems. Thank you for having me. Well, my pleasure. So let's start off, although we're going to talk about poems, with a non-poem question. I was really interested in your bio where you talk about vampire literature and the figure of the black vampire. And so I have to ask you, who is your favorite vampire? And as a flip side to that question, do you have a least favorite vampire? Is there a vampire that just annoys you in literature, TV, film, whatever? <laughs> okay, so my favorite vampire in um, literature is going to be um, L.A. Banks's um vampire Carlos Rivera. He is a, a, a Latino vampire um, who falls in love with a vampire slayer. Uh, and so in her series, the Vampire Hunters Legend series, uh, I, I'm just in love with him. He's, he's great. He's, you know, he's complicated. I mean, he's a vampire. So he's complicated and, you know, he's flawed, but he's, you know, he has a heart of gold and all of that. So I love him. Now, I'm going to say, and this is going to probably make people unhappy, but uh, <laughs> Edward from Twilight, he annoys me so very, very much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I hear that. And he's sparkly, right? Yes, is, is yes. That and, vampires, is that, do they usually sparkle? or is They that... do not. They do not sparkle. Just him. Just him. <laughs> uh, yes, he, he does quite annoy me. <laughs> I, I yes well thank you this is um I I don't have a ton of vampire experience but I this is this gives me a, a track to run on here but I had a similar reaction to Edward I have to say so all right well thank you so to totally switch gears what are you going to be reading for us today I am going to read a poem that I wrote entitled A Writer Speaks of Lineage okay so I um I don't know how many people although how many people would know uh, Margaret Walker? 
but I would hope that a lot of people would know her. She is a wonderful writer um, who we claim from Mississippi. Um, and she um, wrote a poem called Lineage about, um, about her, her foremothers, her ancestors, and um, kind of paying homage to them. And so I was thinking about her and about the writers that I, um, that I really admire. And so I kind of drew inspiration from that poem. I will read it. My foremothers were magic. Their nimble fingers squeezed syntax into cauldrons of rhythm and rolled juju across pages that glared with our erasure. They poured images into white spaces defined by the narrow lines of Black people's lives. They touched history with metaphor, making charms to ward off lies. As I wait before the page, inky wand in hand, I know my foremothers were magic. My foremothers were full of wonder. I speak their names as incantations against the spell of invisibility. Margaret, Tony, Gloria, Bibi, Leslie, Octavia. They have many clean words to say and unclean ones too because they were conjure women unafraid to work the root of racial weeds. My foremothers were magic. Why am I not as they? Ah, uh, thank you. It's beautiful. Can you talk a little bit about the writing of that poem um, in terms of the process or in terms of the craft? Are there certain things that you were thinking about as you were writing? I know some things that struck me as you were reading it right then were how powerful the verbs are in that poem. You've got such sharp and vivid verbs throughout the poem. And then I also was really moved by the naming of names in the poem, your usage of, of, of these writers' names and using them, the first names in the poems, I thought was really intimate and moving. Um, but what would, you, what would you like to share about the writing of that poem? Well, yes, uh, I'm glad you you noticed the um, the verbs because <laughs> actually I just had a lesson today where I talked about you know making sure you use active verbs and and so I do try to um, try to do that when I am working um, with poetry and with fiction is that I try to make sure that I'm using um, verbs that really you know that that are really doing multiple things right I don't want it to just be like okay this subject was here, but I want it to to actually say to them, you know, that it's that the subject is doing something and doing something in a certain way. So um, I try to make sure that um, I'm using very active and specific verbs um, and making sure that I'm using good images. So um, and then, um, you know, with the writing of this poem, one of the things that I'm finding is that with my love of vampires and, and the supernatural, that, that that is creeping into my poetry writing as well. And so I was like, well, let me just, you know, include a little magic in, um, in the poetry also, because, you know, magic is fun. So, <laughs> so I wanted to make sure I did that. Uh, and also, you, you mentioned the names. I, I, you know, it, one of the things that Margaret Walker talks about in, um, in one of her essays is that Black women writers are, um, I mean, she was talking during the, um, you know, early part of the, 
uh, the 20th century, but that Black women writers aren't as well known, aren't as studied as much. And so I, I always try to make it kind of my mission to make sure that, you know, we get those names out there, that we know them. Um, and these were these were writers, Margaret Walker, Toni Morrison, Gloria Naylor, B.B. Moore Campbell, uh, Leslie, Leslie Banks, who is L.A. Banks, um, and Octavia Butler. So these are writers that are important to me that have said something, have, have helped to inspire the writing that I do. And so I wanted to make sure that I called their names, uh, kind of like a calling of the ancestors. Thank you. And one thing that we always do when we put out these podcasts is we include um, a supplemental sheet that goes with it so that if it's used in a classroom, teachers or students can can easily access information about some of the references that the poets that I'm interviewing make. And so I'll make sure to, to link to, to these writers' bios so that people can, can learn more about them. So thank you for, for putting that out there and for talking about that. Um, well, my, my other question for you kind of connects to some of the things that you were just talking about with using strong verbs and finding precise imagery. So what is a piece of advice that you would give to a poet who is just starting out or to someone maybe who is already writing but would like to do more of it or start finding some new ways into it? What's some writing advice, some poetry advice that you would give to someone? Well, um, you know, it's always good to, um, you know, to write what you're passionate about, you know, find those things that really, that really move you um, and to, you know, just kind of try to help readers to see those things in new ways, you know, to use to use as many images as they can. Maybe, maybe, you know, one of the things that I try to do sometimes is just like write a list of images, you know, just just to keep like a little cheat sheet for myself. So anytime I think of something, an image or another way to describe a color, I'll do that. Um, and so that way, when I'm sitting down and I'm having a hard time, I'm maybe having some kind of writer's block, I can just go to my cheat sheet. So, you know, just kind of be thinking about it as you go along and write these things down, capture them um, as you're thinking going throughout your day. I love that idea of a cheat sheet of images. That's such a good idea. I also have a notebook that I carry around with me and I'll, you know, I'll write down images that occur to me or lines that occur to me. And you're right. It's such a great resource because sometimes you sit down and you think, great, I have an hour. I can actually write right now. And then you sit down and your brain says, you're not going to write right now. <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. It's really useful in those moments to have a cheat sheet or something that you can refer to and say, oh, you know, a few days ago, my brain was working and it thought of this thing then. And so now I'm going to use that. So no, I love that. That's a great idea. Do you find that you need to do it, um, write things down physically? Do you use a notebook or do you type notes on your phone or what's your preferred method for using those cheat sheets? There is no way that I can do that on my phone. Uh, <laughs> I have to write things down. I, I also carry a, no a notebook um, around with me. So just, you know, and uh, in my purse or that's the best place, you know, to have a notebook instead of just pieces of paper. I found that I lose the pieces of paper. So I need to keep a, uh, a notebook, but I write it down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I do too. I mean, I'll, I'll use my phone if I have to, but it's, I prefer doing hard copy, but you're right. If you don't have the notebook with you and then you've got a little, a receipt in your bag or you've got a, you know, a napkin and whew, those things don't stick around very long. So They do not. Well, thank you. So finally, where could we find more of your work? If we wanted to read some more poetry by you or some more fiction by you, where could we find your writing? 
Um, I'm publishing um, several journals uh, in, in anthologies. Um, there's an anthology, I mean, a journal online, Dying Dahlia Review, um, that I have um, a poem there, and uh, that's actually online, but in, in print, uh, there's I have poetry in um, Jelly Bucket and uh, Obsidian. I have a couple of short stories that are coming out in that. I'm very excited about it. It's going to be about um, the HBCU experience, so I'm really excited about that as well. So those are the things that are um, that's coming up soon. Great. Well, we will make sure to keep an eye out for those. So thank you. And thank you so much, Rochelle Smith Spears, for talking to me today about poetry and magic and names and vampires and all of this important stuff and for sharing your insights and your advice. And thank you all for listening to the Mississippi Poetry Podcast, where poetry comes alive.